we're really not that different. I think we look at ourselves on like this microscope level where we're like super analyzing ourselves and looking at every single minor detail and feeling so alone in the process. Like no one can relate to what I'm going through. But in truth, humans, like we're really all not not that different. Our experiences aren't that different. So that's why I decided like, what's the harm in sharing? You're listening to the Almost 30 podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to Almost 30 podcast. So glad you're here. I'm Lindsay. I'm Krista. And we're just hanging. And we... uh, (laughs) Just hanging. (laughs) Dirt balls. Today we were... um, I made Justin do my acti- one of my activities this month. We oh. went on a long walk and we went to Air One and we were walking in and we saw this guy and he was wearing hospital pants and he had like a didgeridoo. It's a good sign. It was amazing. And Justin's like, wow, that's probably the coolest person I've ever seen. <laughs> and then he turns around and Justin's like, oh, what's up, man? Like, I'm so glad to meet you. I'm like, who was that? It was Andre 3000. Shut up. I swear to God. Come on. And it was like the craziest thing. Justin's like, he's my number one. Wow. And we were like talking to him. It was so crazy. Oh, I was see? Like, Go on walks more often, J-Baby. Go on walks more often. <laughs> I was so happy for him. I was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. You met your number one. Like what a good feeling. He was just, he, like he, honestly, we said he was the coolest person ever before he even turned around and he was Andre 3000. That's so crazy. <laughs> so funny. Because you got to be like, the coolest person or the weirdest person to be in hospital pants with a didgeridoo at Air One. Dude, you said hospital pants. I was like, uh-oh. I know we're out. Dude, I mean, that's like the garb in San Francisco. I feel like all the all the peoples of the streets are wearing hospital gear. Wow. I love, I mean, I know we're in LA and we have like, you know, celebrities here, but not all of them go out and uh-huh. do their thing. And I just love like people just, Chilling and being normal. Yeah. No matter how big of a star they are. Normal, really. Well, <laughs> <Did you too? laughs> not that situation. But just like doing their thing. I, I saw like, we see Owen Wilson all the time. Like on his bike. Yeah. yeah. And he's in Air One literally every day. I know. And I'm just like, like, people are staring and he's just like, yeah, I'm number 34. Like, <laughs> you know. It's got to be exhausting to have people staring so much. But I think you need probably therapy, meditation, some sort of energetic combo that yeah. like you're just able to be like zoop i know because i was thinking about that the other day i was like wow everyone's staring at you like i wonder i thought about how that you're with, feeling with chrissy Teigen too at pop sugar 
Yeah. You know, so we went to Pop Sugar. We spoke at Pop Sugar a few months, a month or so ago in New York. And we were in the back with Chrissy Teigen was also back there. And the entire room and environment was focused on her, even if it wasn't. So even if people were having conversations, they knew she was in the room. They were aware of her energy. They knew where she was when she moved. They were even having conversations about her. You know, everyone's saying amazing, positive things, but it was just... Totally. I almost like, if I were her, I'd be like, hey, everybody, I'm here. I know, I know. know. It's weird. Hey, what's up? Everything's fine. You don't have to worry. (laughs) You don't even like break the the unsaid stuff. Just being like, hey, what's up? I'm so like, (laughs) hello. Yeah, it's just so interesting. But it was, yeah, it was such a... Such a good spot. That is such a good I'm spot. I'm happy for him. He has really, he's good eyes with that. Like he's- That has happened, I feel like- A lot. He's right? noticed, yeah, everywhere we go, he's able to, but they're always obscure, like hip hop artists or rappers that we've seen like at Coachella or like we saw Travis Scott three years ago at PhD in New oh, York, yeah. but he wasn't mm-hmm. even that big then. It was before Kylie. So he was just walking around with his friend huh. and he's like, oh, that's Travis Scott. Like, what's up? And- yeah. And well, like at the airport, he'll always spot people and say, what's up. But, and it's funny cause he'll just do it real quick. And I'm like, I'll, I will go in circles around that person and be like, yeah. okay, where's my chance? Like, <laughs> let me get my third water. Honestly. <laughs> oh man. That's a good one. I'm glad he's feeling better too. Yeah. He's not feeling better all the way. Oh, almost. It's over, over it. <laughs> you know what but when other people get sick I really think about like one the fact that we don't get sick that often and like I'm just like whoa my body does recover I'm so grateful because I don't know if it's going to be like that forever so I know completely so grateful um I was really I'm really excited about the guest today but I wanted to kind of like so pump yo Shan Booty sexologist intimacy expert. She's the best. And I asked the group like about, you know, whatever questions they had and we didn't get to answer all of them. We covered a shit ton. So get ready get your notebooks out. Maybe bring your partner in the room. Who knows? But we wanted to maybe just noodle over a question or two. Again, we're not experts, but we have experiences and maybe our experience could give you a different perspective? I don't know. We're around smart people. I'm not smart, but we're around smart people. But yeah, so our conversation today with the interview that we have is with Shambuti. It's about sex. It's about relationships. It's about partnership. It's about her new book. It's about dating. It's about dating on apps, all of those fun conversations and topics. And so like Lindsay said, we asked our secret Facebook group. So you can join the secret Facebook group on Facebook if you search secret almost 30 podcast Facebook group. And we sometimes ask them if they have any questions for our guests to bring them in on the conversation. And we also have conversations about topics just like these that we're going to talk about today on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. So we have a question from the group. She says, the guy I'm dating can't believe that I enjoy the journey of sex more than the destination of orgasm and is disappointed if he doesn't get me there. He feels like we're not even if he comes, but I don't. This in turn puts pressure on me and makes it harder to get there. How can I communicate with him that I just want to enjoy the whole experience and I'm not worried about getting to the climax, that it's just a nice bonus if it happens? Yeah. So my initial thought is if he's doing this in this part of his life, what else is he doing? How else is he applying the same mentality of the end is the only thing that matters in his life? 
So if you are a person that is having sex and the orgasm or the climax is, it's obviously the best part for most people, but if that's your focus and you only believe that the destination is the most valuable part of the experience, then you don't really know what life is about because life is about the focus on the journey and the parts of the process that build up maybe to that orgasm or maybe even just to a beautiful sexual experience or non-sexual experience. It's such a metaphor for how he could be living and looking at his life is really what I think. Totally. And maybe he was told at some point that like, both of you are supposed to come and that is sex. That is successful sex. You know, I think both men and women get it in their head, a certain idea about sex, about relationships, about communication, anything. And it's hard for them to let it go unless they're told. And I know that you've probably told him, I guess my question is like, has it only been in the bedroom or has it been outside of the bedroom? Like maybe like you're cooking dinner and like you pull him in and you're just like, Hey, I just want you to know, like last night was like so sexy and amazing. And like, I know you feel weird cause I didn't come, but like, I just want you to know that it was like insane and I don't always need to come. I just want to reiterate, you know, like just mm-hmm. being really soft and just being like honest and grounded in like that truth that you just said that you don't always need to come. And also, but I would also just ask like, because I've definitely been there and I've said that many times and I was telling the truth half the time. So it's like, yes, I completely agree. We don't need to come. It's not necessary for women, but I was also making an excuse for the fact that either I was in my head or I was thinking, oh God, he's been down there forever. Like this is, I feel so bad. Come on up. Let me just, whatever, you know what I mean? It's just like, so I just, I think asking yourself like, is this a moment where I really don't need it? Or is this a moment where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let him do his thing and just enjoy it and be here for it. Cause I'm, I get you. It might be in your head like about, I don't know. There's so many different. Yeah. There could be a denial of your own pleasure. You know, there could be that too, where there is that beautiful part where women might be more able to enjoy the process, you know, inherently because we don't always orgasm or come, mm-hmm. you know, by history standards, I guess. And there could be a part of you where, yes, you're definitely now going to be in your head and and there could be a focus on that. But why is it that, you know, you aren't, is it because, you know, and this is of course going back to a focus on the self. So thinking about what exactly you could do in this situation, or if I was in the situation, whatever, what needs to be thought of or what needs to be done. Is there a part of you that isn't allowing yourself enough or doesn't believe that you deserve to have this orgasm every time, or doesn't allow yourself the time and space for it, or doesn't allow yourself the patience for it, then that could be happening as well. And I also think that a lot of it has to do with men and or our culture right now and porn and how porn is all about the climax. It's all about finishing. It's all about the orgasm. The women are having these crazy loud, uh, you know, orgasms with these like nasty fucking losers for the most part when you're watching porn. And so there probably is a standard there or an understanding of how sex works in relationships that he's kind of under bringing from porn that may not be true and that may not be real and that may not be what's actually happening in the world. So 
And in that case, you know, however the conversation needs to be or however your internal dialogue needs to be with that, or if you want to bring him into that conversation, I think that's worth exploring because I do feel like if there were social constructs or examples shown of men and women having sex and engaging in sex where it was more exploratory and it was more about the process and the journey and the discovery of it than the destination, then maybe we would have the opportunity to see better examples. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm I'm thinking about like, okay, so the word climax suggests that there's like this, you know, progressive like climb to that climax. And sometimes I feel like it's just so quick. Like, yes, there's foreplay, but I'm just like, whoa, we went from like making out for 60 seconds to your face in my vagina. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there's just a lot more and I don't know what your foreplay looks like, but you know, there's a lot more that you can do that he can do or you do together that will turn you on as a woman. So like, maybe it is just like making out like teenagers, like on the counter for like 15 minutes. And then maybe it's like you move to the couch and it's like you freaking dry hump each other for another 10. You know what I mean? It's just like, maybe it is just kind of like these stages of getting there that really will help you to be turned on by the time mm-hmm. your clothes are off and then he can, you know, do the work and go down there and whatever. It's just like, I think we're so quick, like, and then we expect, we get mad at ourselves because we're not like coming quickly. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just really interesting. Like there has to be a progression. It's all, it's so mental too, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, it's so mental. It's so mental. And I think, I always think too, it's in my, in, I always think too, that in my life and relationship that we're going to have sex again. Totally. We will have sex again. So if one time is not amazing or as awesome as the next time, we've got another opportunity. Yeah. And I think I didn't think like that before and it needed to, I thought it was kind of building. So the sex would start, it would be amazing. And then throughout the relationship, it would need to build and we'd it'd get more intense or we'd do different things or try different things or whatever it would be as, you know, for, I don't know, as things would evolve. Mm-hmm. But I think now it's just, I realized that it's so much more than just that sex element. Although that is so important that we will be having sex again. And, and that really helps to take the pressure off of it. Totally. Because that's the whole thing with a lot of sex for people. There's so much pressure. Yeah. You know, there's so much of people's emotional, physical, mental, you know, combined into the experience. If you feel good about your body, if you feel good about your weight, if you aren't stressed, if you had a fine day at work, if you have the time, there's so much happening that has to go into that situation and circumstance that if one part's off, you can imagine that it might be difficult to to continue, you know, to have amazing mind-blowing sex. Mm. Yeah. That's why dating is sometimes really difficult. Like if you're dating one person and you start to have sex, I still feel that like, okay, this has, this has to be amazing this time and the next, you know what I mean? Yes. Like meaning more so pressure on, on me, but yeah. Uh, Cause you don't know if you're going to have sex again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You're like, mm, 
this could be it. Uh, yeah, didn't know this was the last time. But I mean, but I do think there's an energy to someone who feels like, oh, this has to be the past. Like, yeah. it's just, I think there is an ease and a letting go that is really sexy. Yeah. Like, and also, you know, for any guys and girls listening, it's like, this is real old school and I feel like I sound like a freaking grandma, but it's like it, foreplay starts the moment you wake up, meaning like how you treat each other. So like you can't expect to be turned on if he was a dick to you that morning and he gets home and like y'all want to have sex. Like there's something about that. I think about that a lot. Like even like sexy text messages, like mm-hmm. whatever, just kind of being like- The dance. Yeah, the dance throughout the day or whenever you have sex, it's just like lead up to it. Like mm-hmm. make it a fucking movie or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just such a short-sighted way of thinking. You know, it's it's kind of a closed off mentality too when men have that where it, they think that because you didn't come, it wasn't successful. It's just so child, child, childish to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost hard for me to... Well, it's a game. I got to win. Yes. Yeah. It's ego. Yes. Generalizing, but... Generalizing, it's ego. Or, you know, they so could... you they, guys should probably break up. <laughs> Just they, they, I'm completely kidding. Yeah, no. The, the boyfriend could have had an experience with a previous yeah. person and could have traumatized him and been like... And maybe she broke up with him because he didn't, you know what I mean? It's just like, we never know. That's like the whole thing. That's why like the conversation is so important. And like either outside of the bedroom, I recommend and like just bringing it up and being like, hey, I just want to talk about this because like, I know it's important to you and it's important to me. And like, I don't know your previous experience that you might be bringing here. And I just want to be thoughtful about like your experience because I only know my experience, you know? But- most it's hard to like have it. you always want to have the deep talks like i i literally want to have a deep talk every other minute of the day the unexamined <laughs> you know like but you kind of have to time it with with mm-hmm. the male partner definitely cuz they're like Mm-mm, not now <laughs> and you're like no boner up let's go it's got to be slow and easy Slow and easy. Slow and easy. <laughs> uh, that was a great, that's a great question though. Yeah, thanks for asking that. Thanks for all the guys who um, commented on that that thread and yeah. participated in it was that. Great. We appreciate you. So before this ep, some news. Lots of news. Lots of news. I'm, I can't think of a joke. <laughs> I was going to think of a joke, but all of them were inappropriate. So. <laughs> So we have a podcast pro workshop happening in August. So if you are interested to start monetize or grow a podcast in person, we have all the resources and support that you need. August 17th at Biz Babes LA. Go to our website for tickets for that. They are very limited. So make sure you get them. And then we will be in September. We go to Chicago and then Nashville and then uh, Philly, DC, New York, Miami, Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, LA. Columbus, and LA. That's September to December. So you can check those dates on almost30podcast.com slash tour. And we have our event in LA for anyone in LA with uh, Nicole Lappin. In September, baby. September, September 12th. Rich bitch. Yeah. Yes. She's the best. Be, um, celebrating her new book, Becoming Superwoman. So we're 
going to talk all things finance, all things managing the stresses and like the expectations and how we can really step into being the superwoman that we already are. Yeah. She's so engaging and interesting and fun and I just love seeing her speak. So I'm so excited about that. It'll be great. Okay. This has been someone we've wanted for a really long time. Forever. Just, well, I told just her. Call it as it is. I told her, I was like, yo. The thirst is real. She, she's like, I know we've been waiting to do this forever. I was like, no, you don't understand. No, we've, we've been, been waiting. waiting forever. But I also <laughs> thought, I told her, I was like, timing is right. So right. Timing is right. Because if we would have done it a year ago, we weren't, we, we were ready, but it was just like, it wouldn't have, we needed it to be now. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> we needed it to be now. She's got her book and- you know, everything like that. So Shan is a sexologist. She is a now author. She's a YouTuber. She is a speaker. She has, you know, she wears every hat. I love her YouTube. I think it's so interesting. So good. I love how charismatic she is, how smart she is, how honest she is. And seeing the evolution of her relationship with her now husband, Jared, via social, and then being able to talk with her in person has been really beautiful. And I just love the way that she operates in the world. She is an inspiration for me. And we're so pumped to talk about her new book. Yeah. The new book is called The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance and Getting What You Want. And uh, it's actually available now. So you can get it everywhere books are sold, hop on Amazon. But what I love so much, because she said it so many times, because there's so many quizzes that you can do and take with your partner that I know sounds cheesy. And at first I was like, huh? But so effective, like so effective. They'll help you determine your attachment style, love language, turn on triggers and so much more. And it's just a fun way to get to know your partner. You know, like maybe you just ask him the questions. He doesn't have to fill it out but, or her, what, whoever it is. Like you just ask them the questions and it, it gets right to the point. And yeah. she's just an expert in that way. Gamify it. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make Justin do some quizzes. Let me know. Dude, I, I cry, laugh. I cry thinking about that. <laughs> Making him do a quiz. Dude. <laughs> He's going to see right through it. He's going to see right through my games. Yeah, but it, just tell him like, this means a lot to me. A lot to me, and this means even more amazing sex. <laughs> He'll be like, I'm just, the I'm just chill, man. I'm like, what's your, I'm going to be like, hey, can we do a quiz? And he's like, yeah, it's going to say, I'm just chill, man. I'm normal. That's just all it is. He says, I'm normal. You're so lucky. I'm so normal. <laughs> all right, dude. What do you tell him you are? He, he says it for me. He's like, mom's crazy. I'm normal. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know. Um, well, we're so excited for you to listen to this episode. If you love it and it resonates, share with your friends, family, your partner on Instagram. We're at almost 30 podcast. We'll reshare it and yeah, DM us. Let us know what yeah. you like. Join the secret Facebook group. We'll have the t- a discussion or two. And let us know what you guys think about, you know, that question that we answered. If you guys have any thoughts or, mm-hmm. you know, what, what they can do and everything, you know, we're saying is, is with love. So yeah. just know that. And it's just our experience too. It's yep. like, I only know my experience, but thank you, Shan. We love you. And again, the book is the game of desire out now everywhere. All right. Enjoy this episode and we'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. Congrats on the book, honey. Fuck, yeah. Thank you. Dude. Can I give you guys an exclusive? Yes. yes. 
I am uh, Apple's book of the month. <gasps> this is like, yeah, you're the first people that I've got to share this with. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wait, How did that, that happen? So dope. I, fuck, fuck if I know. Dude. It's been such a rough ride. I mean, this is my, my life story is always like this. Like we changed the title of the book to almost like fit the morning show formats to try to attract them. All of them rejected it. Like every event space has rejected doing like a book launch with me. Like it's really, yeah, I don't, I don't, this is, a this is like, life, this is life for so many people. Oh yeah. Because of the current title, they're rejecting it. No, they just reject. I just, I don't know. We changed the title to try to right, appease right, them. Right. Like the book is supposed to be called this shit works. And then we were like, they're like, no last minute, let's just change it to try to make it more like friendly for them. Like they were never going to say yes to me regardless. You know what I mean? Like you make those adjustments to try to appease people who just don't say yes to you anyways. It's like- 100. Yeah. But that's weird because like this shit works is, you know, there's like go, what is it? Unfuck yourself. Yes, yes. You know, like Mm -hmm. what is it? And like the Rachel Hollis, like those types is like the, it's like the curse word is like, oh, have you seen that? You know, book kind of like is a draw for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that surprises me. Yeah. That's a good surprise. I mean, it's not as pleasant surprise. Yeah, but. for sure. But dude, congrats. That's amazing. We're doing we're, What does that feel like? What does what feel to like? To like, I've written a book. Are we and just now, recording right yeah, now? Yeah, we're, oh. yeah. yeah. Surprise, honey. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Sneak attack. <laughs> um, it feels like doing this podcast, I'm sure. Right? Like yeah. it's grit. It's hard work. You, the thing about it is too, is that when you start these kinds of projects, you do not know how it's going to end up. Like you just bought all this equipment, dedicated your time, said, we're going to fucking do this weekly. And we don't know if there's going to be any payoff for it. And so a book is something similar where it's like that for 10 years, right? Like you're just putting something together that you throw your soul into and you just don't know. The average book I was reading um, sells 300 copies a year and 3000 copies in its lifetime. So it's hard out here. Holy so. It's hard in the streets. It's what? hard in these streets. Wow. But it's been, dude, you've been in this game for so long. It's almost like when I met you, I'm like, I, I would have assumed you had a book. Yeah, I did have a book. I put out a book 10 years ago. Okay. And it was such a negative experience that I told oh. myself, I'm like, I'm not, not negative. I mean, it was great because at the end of the day, sometimes what happens is that we forget about the individuals. We get so focused on like the grand total numbers when you meet people who are like, I listen to almost 30, like Krista, you saved my life. Like if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't blah, 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 blah. That's when you have those moments. But when you look at your numbers week after week, like that's sort of like the sad parts. Um, so my book helped a lot of individuals, but like on a you know mass success scale, it was just, it was a lot of work for not a lot of payoff. So I told myself, I'm like, I'm not doing a book again until I'm JLo. Like when I'm JLo and I can guarantee that this is not going to be this hard and heartbreaking but I got peer pressured into it by my manager um, a little earlier than <laughs> I would have wanted. Yeah, exactly. As they should, right? And so here we are. I'm not J-Lo, but I'm still out there yeah, that trying. J-Lo body though. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You know what? She's sitting here looking so good. I love that this is not video, so no one can prove that. You don't even yeah. know. Dude, honestly, I'm a troll. She's naked in a thong right yeah, now. 100%. Really yeah. But it's only a matter of time. Like with you, I see you and I'm just like, oh, it's just all timing. It's not... You know, and like the patience thing, is patience like hard for you or are you like, you see it, you see the vision? I go through these like mood swings with patience. I don't know if you guys can relate to this, wherein sometimes you're like, what will happen for you? What will happen for you? And what's meant to be? Like you're all patient and kind. Sometimes you're like, fuck you. Yeah, like I deserve, I've worked so hard and like see me. And so I feel like I'm having one of those see me days today. Oh, Just like- I see you. Mm-hmm. I, I feel very seen. We see, yeah. I mean, this even in itself, like, can we just talk about why we're even here? 
We met at Goodfest. Yeah, yes. forever ago. Decimal six seconds. We were like, Honestly. we're going in. Yeah. <laughs> We honestly, because we were just like so obsessed with you, we were like, okay, three, two, and like there was a line of people. And we I were felt like, bad for you when you were talking because whenever I'm like really enthralled with someone, I'm like, <laughs> like I look dead in the front, and I'm like, I don't even think you know what's going on. I'm like, she's an icon. Like you're just, you're so good. Like you're so engaging and charismatic and cool and funny and like and smart and just speaking so much truth. It's. It's so powerful. We see, we I'm go taking to that my sh- thong off right now. Hundred, she's actually stripping. <laughs> and really the confidence bad. is actually- Confidence on him? Yeah, on another level. The craziest thing. Oh, I thank you. I put in a lot of work for that. I know you did. Actually, someone said to me in the day, they're like, what are your insecurities? And I was trying to think about them. And I'm like, my insecurity is like, it used to be my speech, but I went and got a speech therapist. It used to be my education, like not being enough, but I'm going back to school this year. It used to be my skin, but I spent $700 the dermatologist to get a bunch of drugs. Like whatever I've been insecure about, like I've literally put the work in and I've invested. So I was like, I don't, I think right now, I don't really know if I have one, but that's because I'm like actively attacking them every day. So 100%. my confidence is not something that I just like one day woke up, like you just believe in yourself. Totally. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, like there's some shit that it's not great. Let's try to work on it systematically bit by bit. And then I'll have it for a bit. We may be like, you know, when you do the work, you might have two months of benefiting from that work and then new shit crops up. And you're like, okay, we'll start all over again. hundred. Which is good news because, you know, when you're finished, that's when you die. I know. Sometimes I'm like, yo, this shit's too long. Yeah. <laughs> like when I'm like with the personal work shit, I'm like, like one time I'm like, oh man, I feel great. I got this thing. I think I got it covered. And then I'm like, oh wow, there's this thing too. It's like, it gets old. You know, where are like you guys on your feelings process? Like, what do you feel about where you're at right now? You're one of the top lifestyle podcasts. Like you've been grinding so it out. Yeah. Does it feel I'm good? So or you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful. I couldn't be more grateful. I do you go through the, the wave of sometimes feeling like this isn't enough and sometimes being like, why isn't there more? And sometimes being like, this is more than I expected. Both. But I don't feel, ever feel like it's not enough. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. I, I feel really grateful. Yeah, they're, they're, I think because of the, and we say this a lot, so hopefully this isn't like bordering on cheesy, but like the community like reminds us of like kind of why we do it. And then, mm-hmm. so we don't get stuck in the loop thought of like, why aren't we number one here? Why aren't we doing, you know what I mean? It's like, it's always come, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's always, things have always happened, not necessarily in the perfect order, but like, and it's been so surprising. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, I'm feeling good about like, we don't know what's next and that's kind of fun. Yeah. But but that's the thing is you realize in this industry and like you put a video out a long time ago that I saw that I really loved and it was really on your YouTube and it was really honest just about your journey and your career. And it was at a point in time where you're feeling like a little low and and lost and you kind of were talking about your career trajectory. And I think about that still, like now that I'm in this space of entertainment, whatever it is, it's so different. It's it's not just like one step closer to the top, another step closer to the top, you know, where we are like here, now we have our podcast and then we're going to have a show I on- I love that you said podcast like that. Podcast, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> now we have our podcast and then we have a show on Netflix and then we're going to have, and then we have a zillion dollars. You know, it's just, it doesn't work that way. Like you get something and it's really cool. And people are like, wow, that's amazing. And then the next week you're like, okay, now what? You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of just an interesting ride and journey within it that I'm learning to just appreciate. Cause I was in corporate world for so long. So, you know what I mean? This is like a joy for me. I love that. Thanks. Teach me your ways. I feel like sometimes, yeah, the patience thing for me is something that I have to like constantly yeah. check. And I accept the ebb and flow of it. 
Like I look at life as like a pendulum and the pendulum's constantly swinging. And sometimes for whatever reason, everything's just working in your favor. And you'll go through a period of time where you're just like all hard nose. And it's like during those, my, my partner gave me this thing where it's like stoicness is like the key to success, where it's like, you don't ride your highs too highs and your lows too low. But I'm like, fuck that. I kind of got to ride it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when things are going good, I kind of got to like really sit in that and be grateful for that. And when things are going bad, I have a right to be angry and upset about it. Yeah. So trying to balance that while still not going nuts, I think has been, you know, interesting. But- I feel like that all the time. Cause it's like, yeah, like there is such a blessing with stoicism and Justin, my boyfriend's a little bit like that too, where he's always like even. Mm-hmm. And but then there is such a beauty to celebrating, you know, and I don't think people celebrate enough. And then there is such a beauty to feeling when it is hard and feeling when it is tough. But I do feel best when I am being even. Mm-hmm. You know, I've noticed that with myself. I'm like, I do really love to celebrate as, you know, as much as the next person. I don't really know how to celebrate. Like, I don't really know what that means. Like, what do you do when you're celebrating? <laughs> but I really do masturbate. enjoy yeah. literally <laughs> just a hundred times until your clit falls off. <laughs> or you're just like, I do enjoy just being more stoic and just being riding the wave, mm. you know? I like the, I feel, I like the up and down, but then I don't enjoy it when I'm thinking about what other people might be thinking of it. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm sharing openly, like you're, you share so openly, like sometimes I'm like, I have that kind of like hangover after where I'm like, oh, what are people going to think of that? Like, mm. What if I'm happy tomorrow? Are they going to think I'm this? Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? So at one point, did you decide to be that open? You know, cause we, we did that from the beginning and it was, it was a little hard, you know, like it felt good to us, but then we realized <laughs> family, friends were listening yeah. and it was just a lot. So like, What did that feel like? And when did you decide? Yeah. I don't know if I actively did this or just in theory did this, but in my mind, I went to like a park and just sat there for a while and listened to conversations. I just sat alone and just eavesdropped. I did actually do this. Let me just correct myself. You know, when like time goes on, like, is this an anecdote I made up? Totally. reality. (laughs) My life. Um, I'm like, I'm a liar. (laughs) (laughs) I was just listening to conversations around me and I'm for like maybe two hours. And I was like, fuck, everyone basically has the same eight conversations they're circulating in different forms, maybe in different accents, different cadences, different tones, but we're really not that different. I think we look at ourselves on like this microscope level where we're like super analyzing ourselves and looking at every single minor detail and feeling so alone in the process. Like no one can relate to what I'm going through. But in truth, like humans, like we're really all not not that different. Our experiences aren't that different. So that's why I decided like, what's the harm in sharing? You know, there there's might be some people who have never gone through what I've gone through and are like, that's so weird. She's weirdly weird. She's a freak. I don't relate to her. But most people are like, I know what they're talking about. I know that feeling. I know that experience. I know that pain. I know that joy. Um, and that moment where we get to connect with somebody is I think why we make content. So it just was a decision of realizing how basic I am and how many other people could relate to my basic, basicity. Um, and that's just- that was trademark it. that shit. Basicity, honey. <laughs> honey, you gotta trademark that shit. I actually don't know this from your story, but what was it about like sex and relationships? Like what in your life was like, made you choose that as something, as your calling? You know, it's fascinating. I think when we think of purpose, we think of going forward. Like we have to find our purpose, go get our purpose, walk towards our purpose. But in most cases, it's really about going back. Like if you thought about your earliest interests, like what you wanted to be when you were five, uh, what you were fascinated by when you were a kid. And I was really interested in like sex. Um, I was really interested in just human connection and touching. Mm -hmm. Like I 
always got called like lewd by my mom. Like I was very like touchy. I was always hugging. Like I used to say to my mom, like I am in love with you. Like I am just like the passionate feeling. As you touch her boob. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I was always curious too. I'm just like, why Why not? Yeah, Yeah. I was just so like enamored and just my Barbies were always naked. And I remember my first sexual experience being consensual with a pillow and being awesome and enjoying it. And I had a friend actually who like told on me and I got in trouble for it. But nonetheless, like I don't remember thinking of my sexuality, my body of loving other people like a bad thing. I remember just like some kids are really good at the piano. I was like, this is my shit. And I went to a Catholic school. And of course, so the process of elimination, I got like steered away from my passion and I got put in a different direction. And then when I turned 19 years old, essentially what happens when you have a passion for something, but you don't have great information, you tend to look for secret ways. And when you go to the black market, you don't get the best shit, right? You don't get the Mm -hmm. best quality of stuff. So my only four outlets for sexual education were porn. Uh, were movies, were TV shows. Like Gossip Girl was guided a lot of my early Mm. decisions. This book, The Coldest Winter Ever, informed a lot of my early decisions on sex. And as a result, a really super shit sex life. A really super shit love life. And at 19, I was like, this can't be it. Mm. This, This thing that I've looked forward to my whole life has been such a letdown. And so I got a library card, started reading every single book. And I was like, there's such great information here, but it's boring as fuck. So can I be the bridge that puts these things together? And that's when I think I got back towards my purpose. But even then, by 25, I allowed other people's negative perceptions. So my book had come out. I allowed my family's perceptions and the media and just people in the street to kind of sway me off my path again. And it really honestly wasn't until age 29, 30 that I was like, fuck it. I'm going all in. Like, this is it. This is my passion. This is my purpose. And like, I don't care what anyone else says. Like, I am branding and committing myself to this. Mm. Was it painful, like being in your early 20s and kind of having that like consciousness around sex and your body and then like dating people who not didn't have that, you know? Like, I just, I just feel like you were kind of floating above it in a way. So how did you, like, what did you learn from that? Like, what did you observe about what people were going through that you were dating in your early 20s? I don't know if I pieced it together. Like, I mean, I think that the learning curve is slow. We have to really accept the fact that it takes a long time to put something really into like, you are whoever you consistently choose to be. That's the thing. You have to consistently choose that. You have to start in low risk environments. And so even though I was learning a lot of great information, I don't know if I was challenging myself to constantly make it a part of who I was. And so in my relationships, I was doing an okay job. It really actually wasn't until like 28 that I it clicked into place for me of mm. like, here's how I actually apply everything that I've learned to dramatically change my outcomes because my outputs are drastically better. And my book, The Game of Desire is really about that. It's like what I have learned the past 13 years in 80,000 words to put someone into position to be like, okay, like how do I completely get into the driver's seat of my love life, know myself inside and out, know how to flirt, like I know how to cook or like I know how to golf, whatever you're getting exceptional at. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I would love to say that like in my early 20s, I was so much smarter than everybody else making better decisions and they were all just like yeah, no. awful people. No, I was probably part of a lot of the problems. You know, if I had toxic relationships. That was me who was saying yes to them or engaging in them or adding fuel to the fire. I, I wouldn't, I don't want to vouch for my love life until like 28. That's when I'm like, yeah, she knew what the fuck she was doing. Mm. When, when did good. you guys hit that for yourself? Probably this relationship that I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in for like six years. 
I, I kind of, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know. My guys, I've, I've dated good guys. Like I've dated really good guys actually, but I would fuck around. I would cheat on them or they would cheat on me. There was a lot of cheating, but you know, I don't know. I've, I've had great male relationships and I've been really grateful. I've definitely been in shitty relationships, you know, like guys have cheated on my, me with my sister and whack ass shit, but like nothing too crazy. And I've been really grateful for that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I've had crazy stuff. Well, but sister like, cheats kind of. It's kind of it's like the it's premise crazy. of the movie Chicago. She's why she went to jail me. for killing her. Uh, true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's in the last few years, to be honest, like 29, 30. Yeah, I'm 31 now, but because I just, I've kind of like been able to step outside of it while I'm in it. Do you know what I mean? Rather than be so, so in it. And I guess like I've, recently learned to really ask for what I want in a really loving way, you know, without it being like uh, resentful or making them feel less than. It's just, I've really tried to make it like a partnership, even if it's not going to last forever. Right. Like, but just like inviting them and inviting myself to like actively participate in it. Cause I think I would like kind of stand on my high horse and be like, I got to teach them this. And like, it's like, I have so much to learn too. And if I can kind of bring them in on the conversation, it's been really, really hard. Like not everyone really wants to have an open conversation about things like that. But I feel like I'm getting closer. I would challenge that and say, I think people do want to have these conversations. Mm. They just don't know how. Yeah, People do not like to do things they're not good at. Totally. You're not good at math. You don't want to go to math class. If you're not good at gym, you're going to hide in the change room for majority of the gym class. And so if you don't know the language to describe your intimate needs, you've never had practice at doing it because maybe you're amongst a group of peers who don't talk about their feelings. Your family never talked about their feelings. Like you just don't even know how to put it into words. And so it's not that you don't like it. You just don't think you're good at it and you don't know how. Mm. And that learning curve can take a while for people. I think that we have to really put ourselves in people's shoes. Like the question I get a lot, for example, is like, I want to do X and my partner isn't ready to do it with me yet. Or my partner's not understanding like, why won't they? And you're like, how long did you think about X before you decided to accept that as a part of your identity? How long have you researched it? How many videos have you watched? How many people have you talked to before you got to a place where you said, I want to be into dominatrix or whatever it is that your thing is, right? And then you tell your partner in one conversation, they're not receptive. You're like, oh, they don't even care. They don't want to talk about this. And you're like, no, they're not the, they haven't got the benefit of all the time and research you've put into it. If you gave people just half the amount of time that we've put into ourselves to get on board with where we're at, we'd see dramatically different results in our quality of conversations. And so I think people do want to express themselves and learn and connect and have intimate conversations. I just don't think we live in a society that teaches them how, ever. How do you teach them? I mean, I have a workbook. Uh, I think it's just like, um, (laughs) only because I'm I'm a big fan of like quizzes and assessments because Mm -hmm. it provides you with language. So Love Languages was an incredible tool that's pretty mainstream because it allowed people to say plainly like, you know, for my birthday when you got me that gift, but you still went and hung out with your friends that day and you were confused as to why I was upset because you bought that expensive thing. But like my love language is quality time. Like, and that's a way to really quantify how you're feeling and to put it into a clear word for someone rather than like, you just don't, you don't know how to love me. I don't feel loved. I don't like you. Your mom hates me. I hate your mom. It's just like, there's, we don't have the language to describe how we're feeling in a clear, concise way that the other person can interpret and really say, oh, I get it now. 
Um, and so having the language to describe your love language and apology language, your turn on trigger, your attachment style, your orgasm recipe. And so my workbook is free. It's, it's on thegameofdesire.com slash workbook. It takes two hours, but it's going to give you a snapshot of like who you are as an intimate person, mm. what your intimate needs are. That might be your entry point. Your other entry point might be books or anything else. Like if I asked you to describe how your internet works, you know, you need it you know, it's important to you. You might not know why we have a signal right now. In order to get the language to describe that, you have to educate yourself. You have to enlist the help of experts. You have to watch videos. You have to practice talking, having those conversations. And it will take some time. Um, Whenever our internet's out, we get so frustrated because we need this thing, but we don't really know how it works. Mm -hmm. I think the same things happen in relationships. When we're in conflict, we know that we need these connections, but we don't actually know what's happening in the background. You have to put the work in to educate yourself. There's just no shortcut. Yeah. What's an apology language? It's yeah. kind of like love language. Really? Same thing. Yeah. What so, are some of the types? So it's like expressing regret, genuinely repenting. What about nothing? Doing nothing. Doing nothing. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's your apology language. Just, just sleeping under the rug. Yeah. Pretending it like, never happened. What about burning it down? Yeah. <laughs> Pushing it down to the very, very yeah, bottom honestly, and waiting yeah. for a therapist to uncover it. That's my apology language. <laughs> um, acts of restitution is my apology language, which means like if I came in here and you spilled something on my shirt, if you're like, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I'd be like, bitch, give me a cloth. You know what I mean? Yes. Like in my mind, I'm like, you do something bad to me, like do a makeup act in return. My partner's apology language is accept responsibility. So no matter That's what mine. it is, I have to just immediately say like, mm. I am so sorry, my bad, I messed up. That's mine. Yeah. And if I even throw in the pot, like, but this morning, it's two hours of arguing on top of that. I just have to completely just own it. And then maybe a while later, we can talk about the nuances. But yeah, my apology language is different from his. And us knowing that has really made a dramatic difference. Wow. And what's a turn on trigger? It's like what you need to get in the mood. So when you first get into a relationship, biology is doing all the work for you. Like your dopamine receptors are like firing off, like your neurotransmitters and your adrenaline levels because your body is like a new person we could possibly procreate with who will ensure our survival. This is exciting. Um, so we're born to bond. And so when we first meet someone new, your body's like, we know what to do. Once you've been in a relationship with someone for a while, you stop getting those help me out drugs. You stop getting those natural boosts that happen. And then it's pretty much manual. Like you have to create desire within your connections. You have to create that feeling of excitement again. And so turn on triggers are five different ways that get people fired up. So some people's might be desire. And that just means direct language. Like oh my God, like your skin is so hot. Like I want, I want to sit on it. You know what I mean? Like or something. It's just like, I'm so turned on by you. Um, some people's is environmental where it's like, look, if I come in the room and it's messy, it smells like it's just, there's weird music playing. Like I'm about the five senses and those have to be engaged in order for me to want to engage with you. Sapiosexuals or mental or people where it's like, if we're not firing up here, we haven't had a great conversation yet. Or like we're in an argument. I just don't feel turned on at all. So like knowing what your partner's turn on trigger is, uh, there's also cat and mouse and then there's negotiator, but I'm not going to explain all five. But knowing what your partner's turn on trigger is just demystifies why it is that you're sometimes not on the same page. And if you're just naturally feeling horny one day and you want your partner to engage with you, it may take doing something manual, like speaking what their turn on trigger is to get them to the place that you are. How have you like brought partners into the conversation in a way that makes them feel confident and safe? 
I mean, quizzes. <laughs> quizzes only because I love of the that. fact that we're both, we had the same frame of reference. Like sometimes in conversations, what happens is that we have so much more knowledge than the other person. There's a natural intimidation level going on. Like you put in so much goddamn work. Like you literally spend your life uh, on wellness, on self-help, on self-insight. And think about as a partner who is a mechanic, like they're at such a great disadvantage. They're entering into the conversation with you with so much. It's, it's not easy to talk to somebody who's way smarter than you. So I think a quiz or an assessment like levels the playing field. Like we both have the same information we're working off of and we can talk about results, not a matter of like, do you know what yours is? Because if I ask somebody like, what turns you on? Like the, a lot of the anxiety comes from like, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know how to say this in words. Like when your feet have, I don't know, a lot of cream on them, <laughs> they don't really know what the words are. And like, like yeah. is that okay? Right, yeah. <laughs> and that is, that's visual. That's yeah. one of the turn on triggers, right? So um, I think it's just like, creating like a base frame of reference, like movies or TV shows are also great. We're watching the exact same show and we can comment on the identical Mm -hmm. amount of information. We're both watching Grey's Anatomy. We know what she's been through. We know the story arc. Let's use that as a conversation conduit. Quizzes or TV shows or movies, anything where you guys can both get on the same page Mm. and discuss what you already know together. Wow. I can't, I I was laughing thinking about Justin doing a quiz, like sitting at the computer, like, no, you got to do it with them or for them. Like, and makes Jared will be like, when we're going to bed, that's when I'm like, you want to do a quiz? And he's, he's always like, oh, like I made him, I forced him to do every oh, quiz possible. And I have to read it out to him sometimes. Okay. And then he'll do it. And then he, I actually hear him in like conversations using it, like with his friends or the other people. Like he may not admit it to me. Like I really enjoyed that quiz, you know? <laughs> he's not, <laughs> not going to say that, but he reaps the benefits of it. Cause like I know him inside and out cause I've put in the work of researching. Um, and then also too, like, yeah, I hear him like pass it on to his friends sometimes. So I'm like, you like it. Oh shit. I <laughs> you love like that. that shit. I'm going to get a quiz limit. Just gonna right. be like, you get one quiz a week. I'm like, okay, ready. I get limits all the time. He's like, all right, one time a week. I'm like, what okay. Are your, what are your limits? I get two activities a month. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, that I can pick and he has to do. What did you pick this month? Um, what are you going July, to pick? it's a new month, know, baby. Exactly. It's a new month. So I've got a ton of options. I need to think about this. Usually it's like a sound bath or like a mm. yoga class. It's not that. Or it's like, go to with me to this restaurant that I like and you don't. Go on a walk with me. They're pretty fucking basic, but hey. What about like events? Because you probably get invited to a ton of events. I don't. He never comes with me to any events. That's a no. That's not part of the two. <laughs> I love this, by the way. It's also the types of events that we're going to. I mean, uh-uh. what am I gonna? What is he gonna do? He's gonna be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna be walking around. I'm like, hey guys, hey, not you know, not like, hey guys. I'm in the corner probably, but it's like, like you probably what get do you all the do? attention. Grab a slider from that table and stand with me in the corner. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, actually, hundred. I I wish. I I actually don't wish, but. I should drag him to one of our events, but it's like, it's like, he doesn't care, you know? Yeah. It's also too, like, you never want to like traumatize your partner by going too far <laughs> yeah. of a departure. It's, it's a trust thing. If he's saying two events a month, he's like giving you the trust to say like you pick. So if you choose something that he's going to completely hate, 100. you're going to go down mm. to one event a month. So exactly. you know punished. what you're doing. Yeah, I've had punished. more than one, cause I'm dating and I've had more than one guy listen to the podcast before meeting. And that's like, Cause you just never know what episode they're going to listen to. And it like, it's, it's like a looking at their Instagram, but like three levels higher. And you're just like, oh man, what episode was it? Yeah, Cause they just have all these preconceived notions. You know what I mean? Not that I'm like a, like a disaster on the pod, but it's, it's just like an interesting thing to think about when it is so public. Do you like or dislike that? 
First reaction, I, I dislike it, to be honest. I don't want them like listening before we meet. But I mean, I'm proud of what we do. It's just like a thing where I, I kind of want to have that in person first. But with like the whole, and I want to get into dating because so many of our girls are dating or newly in relationships, whatever it is. With the app life, you know, that is, you know, 2019 and beyond, it's like, how, how have you talked to people about this in a way that they're able to create that profile mm-hmm. that like just shows who they are to, I know you talk about feminizing the pickup artistry and what does yes. that look like? It's just because I'm so fascinated by it because- I've never it, had anyone put it that way. It's so lovely. So thank you for that. Oh my God. It was in- it, it, literally, we read it about we read it about your book. your team did a good it job. It said feminizing. It was so oh, sweet. Gosh, nice. Shout out to I your mean, team. Clearly, to I don't be honest. Shit, yeah. Shout like, out looks to good. <laughs> Send it out. Honestly, I, literally, when we have shit like that, I'm like, too many words. Looks great. Yeah. <laughs> too long. Don't read. But like, I think about that a lot because sometimes if I because I am one to like make the first move, right? Because I'm like, yes. I don't fucking care. I promote but, that. But I'm like, I haven't gotten the positive feedback that's shown me that it works all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if it's me and I don't know if it's just the one receiving it or if it's just kind of like a slow going thing where eventually guys will really appreciate it. And I'm generalizing, but yeah. So dating, dating apps, how have you kind of coached people through? I love how there's a billion questions in here. So really many, I'm choose sorry. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> Honestly. You talk about your mom. Pick a ride. <laughs> Pick a ride, take Pick your top ride. off. Let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my top's already off. Don't you guys know I'm naked at this point? Um, but I'll put it back on for the mystery. I, I will start with the dating apps thing. I think dating apps are incredible. But what we've done with society and we've continued to increase the car. You know, the car has gotten better each year. The vehicle in which we find partners and find love has gotten more souped up, faster and cooler and like has all these like interesting buttons on the inside and it goes a billion miles an hour. I clearly don't drive cars. I don't know the fuck I'm talking about. Like, but you know what I mean? Like it's a really great car. But on the flip side, we don't teach people how to drive. And so I think dating apps are like a NASCAR indie car. And majority of people don't even know how to turn on like a basic Corolla. Uh, So I think that those are like pro things. They're pro tools. Because once you really know what you're doing, you know Mm. what to look for, you know how to sort through people, you know how to be engaging in a very short amount of time because the attention span is so slim. So you have to be on it. Like, you know, you can make the first move, which is incredible, which 2.5 times more women get responsive from the first message than men. It's an OkCupid stat. And the league had a stat that said that like over 60% of the league success stories begin with the woman contacting first, yet only one in 10 women believe in making the first move. So it's statistically the better option, yet majority of women are still just waiting, which I'm like, that's kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like imagine this really, really big part of your life, whatever your career is or whatever you define is very important to you. And now imagine that you don't get proactive in that space at all. You just wait for someone to choose you. Why? If it's that important to you, why wouldn't you want to be in the driver's seat? I There's a big nuance. Like in my book, um, we had a stripper, we had a pickup artist, and then we had the league, obviously, and OkCupid all confirm. And making the first move is like the best choice. But it's how you make the first move is also important too. Like how do you engage with someone? The first move is not like, hey, what's up? Like want to go out sometime. 
the first move is like, I looked through your profile. You went to Spain. I might go next year. What's the coolest thing that you saw? Mm. It's just engaging in a conversation where it's not about like, I want you to like me because I like you. It's like, I love myself. I'm actually thinking of sharing some of this shit with you. Let me vet you to see if this could be an interesting connection. So that's like just, I think dating apps can be great. I just think that you have to put in a lot of work before they can really work for you or else they're exhausting. uh, They're time consuming. It can be lots of like traumatic negative dates. I can promise people, I can't promise you love. No one can promise you that because there's a certain je ne sais quoi, a certain X factor that happens when you just click with somebody. And that's the magic of life. No one can promise you your dream career. I can promise you that if you put the work in, you'll never have a bad first date again. And whether or not this person ends up being your forever or your great night, uh, you're going to have a great connection. When I started to really put the work in, like my screening process is very robotic and a lot of people make fun of me or they're like, this just sounds like so much work. I'm like, yeah, you could do the work before in the planning or do it afterwards mm-hmm. in the cleanup because the experiences were shit or afterwards in the expectation management because you wanted this disastrous date. But when I started to put like a strategy in place, I didn't really meet my person through online dating, but I did meet a guy who gave me art for my apartment that I bought from him. I met a guy who actually styled my engagement shoot. Like we've just remained friends the entire time. I met so many men who I've cast in videos or cast in projects. I've met men who I've hired as graphic designers. And so, no, they weren't the one, but they were great fucking people that I really enjoyed my time with. I can't speak to like, you know, finding that like, perfect click, but I can say with a strategy in place, like you can just really enjoy yourself. And that's to me, the real fun of dating. Yeah. I like the dating part of it. I think like sometimes I just judge myself. I literally was on for 12 hours the other day. I'm like recently out of a relationship. You were sure. on an app for 12 hours? Literally. Total? I, I freaked. Oh, no, no. Like total from from time on. Not like she was like sitting there for 12 hours. Oh, because I've been on apps. It was like on Here's the my, phone. Like I've been on apps before when I was living in New York and in LA and I've met, like you, amazing people. Yes. Not the ones. So I've had an amazing experience. It's just like, I'll judge myself because I was like, oh, it's too soon. Oh, what if his friends see me? Oh, you know, like all this stuff comes up. And so I really have to kind of check myself and like to your point, just kind of like, strategize, get my mind right, get my heart right. Cause I'm totally open to it. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I think it's great. I have so many pe- friends who are getting married to people that they've met on, yes. on apps and it's so cool, but I really have to get my mind right because I do think that there's an energy that you put into it. You know what I mean? And like, it'll definitely reflect yeah. back. I wonder if that's like a, you know, I, I would be on, I'd be like, I don't want to do this shit. And then I'd get that shit back. That's majority you know, of people. Like I know. The, yeah. the, the date or burnout, people download apps, then delete them and yeah. then go back in four months and try it again and then get exhausted and delete them. And so you have to create a sustainable system where it's like a passive. When you just said, I was on it for 12 hours. I'm like, you obviously were not on it for 12 hours straight. But no, there no, are no. some people yeah. where like, uh, I have my assistant, she is in the dating app space and like she had the notifications on. I was like, turn oh. that shit off. Well, off. Like, that's just so exhausting to like have that pop up and like these unexpected conversations or just people that you don't want to connect with or people maybe like not responding to you. Like set aside a time. Like I'm doing this for half an hour a day at night. Mm. That's it. And then if I meet somebody who I want to actually connect with, I'll make a more intentional effort to check the app to make sure that like, the, the meetup is good. But it should just be a, like a sustainable part of your life. Yeah. If you're downloading and deleting, it just means like you just haven't created a structure around it that's sustainable for you. Totally. On a surface level, what would you suggest in terms of like the pictures and the profile in general? 
Yeah, you know what? The, the league um, marketing expert, she gave us like a literal breakdown. Damn. Like picture one needs to be like a headshot that's like nipples and up, has to be a bright color, eye contact to the camera. Think of a magazine photo. And your final photo should be like a weed out photo, which is like something yeah. that's intrinsically a part about, about oh, yourself that you know people are, it's going to be make or break. So if you're a hardcore Trump supporter, you got to include that shit in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you are uh, on the flip side of that, really into climate change, and that's a big part of your platform. And so- she breaks it down. Like you have to have like a group photo to like show yourself in contrast to others, like size wise and also like height. Uh-huh. Also people need to know who your tribe is, like who you surround yourself with. You know, a shot of you doing something that you love that's extreme. Something that's kind of like your basic every day. And so she gave a really good breakdown of that. So uh, I, w- I won't like repeat her information. Wow, yeah. that's great. Although I just did. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to plagiarize. Like, whatever. Thank you, Meredith. Remember we messaged the league guy? There's Which like one? a guy, we messaged him the knives. Uh, when we were on the league, we are on the way to Palm Springs. Uh, he was like the marketing guy at the league. Oh, yeah, yeah, We were yeah, just yeah. fucking with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like a guy that's on the league and he just helps, helps you with your profile. It's like a bot. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. But yeah. he has like a cute profile. But so I was like, like messaging with him, like sup? fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mr. Bot? <laughs> um, how do you, what would you say for someone on the apps? Like how long do you think you should have a conversation for before you meet up? And then when you do meet up, what's a good first date? I would say... Um, Okay, go with like uh, Frozen 5 is something I mentioned in my book, which like, I don't mean to be corny as fuck by like plugging this a billion times, but no, it's, literally, good. it's literally everything that I good. know about dating in this book. So I get, I, nothing that I'm going to say is not going to be included in there. Uh, but your Frozen 5 are f- like your basic requirements. Like if you're applying for a job, it's like must have two years of experience, must have a college <laughs> degree, like whatever those things are. Um, so when you're talking to somebody, you want to figure out in the chat if they have at least two out of five. Sign some creative oh. way. You know, mind you, like you never like effort has to be both your primary and secret ingredient in dating. Just like it's kind of the same thing with dance, right? Like in to be a good dancer, you have to know that shit inside and out. But if I'm watching you dance and I'm seeing how hard you're trying and I'm seeing the moves in your head, I'm like, this is not an enjoyable experience. I'm being taken out of the art of it. And so you have to have it as a dater, effort has to be like at the heart of all that you're doing. But when you're doing it, it just feels effortless. It feels like a natural extension of who you are. So when you're trying to vet people to figure out if they have what your two out of five is, there's gotta be cool, sexy, ways that you're figuring it out. You're not like, what's your height? How much money did you make last year? You know, whatever those like things are. Um, in the book, I have a list of 26 really important things to think about in partnership. You know, is that person securely attached? Are they emotionally stable? Do you have good sexual chemistry? Um, are they supportive of your good news? And you would create through that what your frozen five is. And so figure that out first. Um, and then my biggest dating advice, I'd say, yo, like put yourself in a position to be dope. If you know, like, depending on if you're like a VKA learner. So if you know that you're the, you're, you're coolest when you're doing an activity, like when you're in yoga, you're fine as fuck, you're funny. Like the conversation part isn't really how you connect with people. It's through an activity, suggest an activity. Mm. If you know that you're more of like a visual person and like that's, you like to be able to look at something and then use that as a jump off point to talk, go to a movie or a museum. If you're an audio person where it's just, we want to have a conversation, that's my shit. I'm very mental suggest a coffee shop. So the most important thing with dating is like put yourself in a position where you're going to be fucking dope. I give people that advice when it comes to even like friends with benefits or anything else. Like if you can't be cool as fuck and funny and interesting and engaging in your favorite parts of yourself, because you know, you're stretching yourself too thin, 
Like you're putting yourself in an environment where it's no longer natural for you to be whoever you are at your best. Don't put yourself in that position. You're not doing that person a favor because what we do as women often is we say yes in the moment um, only to be in the moment and then not be like, we can be our best selves. Like we say yes, because we don't want to disappoint you. And then we get into that moment and we're disappointing because we didn't want to be there to begin with. So like you set the tone, you start the conversation, you choose where the date's going to be. Like you guide what the the direction of the, uh, of, of the progression of the intimacy is. And you make sure that every step of the way you love who you are in the process. Mm. Do you love who you are in your relationship? Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I, re- I really do. I really do. I'm grateful. What's your frozen five? My frozen five are securely attached. I think by nature of what I do, I uh-huh. can't deal with a jealous person That's or good. an avoidant person. A supportive and happy for my good news is an important one for me, uh, especially just because I get a lot of rejection. And so it's nice to have somebody who, when I have an entrepreneur. Right. You just kind of need that. Um, Physically attractive, which statistically you should not have that on your frozen five. It's just like, it's a depreciating asset. There's like no proof that says a good looking partner results in more happiness in the relationship, but I just can't help it. Like I'm shallow as fuck. I feel like, dude, uh, that means it's like, it means a lot to me. It can. Not in a shallow way, but like every time I look at Justin, I'm like, yo. That's me. Same. I'm like, you're art. Yo, 100. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're, I call him the prototype. I'm like, you're the prototype. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make me love him more. It just is like, I'm like, oh, I just love looking at you. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like every conversation, I'm like, this is great. What's great about the Frozen Five too is that like you assess, like a lot of people rank sexually compatible over physical attraction. But like, I don't really care about that. Like that's something that mm-hmm. can come or go. I want to make true. sure that we have that connection there. Emotionally stable. Dealt with somebody before who had a temper, not interested in doing that again. Um, And then my fifth one would be intelligent. Just someone I can have like interesting conversations with. I actually rank intelligence over humor. You know, it's nice to have someone who can make you laugh, but I'm a big like why person. To me, the unexamined life is not worth living, which is an Aristotle quote, I believe. I literally examine everything. It's pretty annoying, actually. Like after sex, I'm like, minute eight, we did this. How do you feel about it? Try new technique, please discuss. How do you, you know, if it is a heterosexual relationship, um, how do you suggest a woman communicates in a way that keeps him confident, especially in the bedroom? Oh, give me an example. Tell me that. So like, so say the, say the partner and I'm, I believe this is a question from the group, which I want to get into soon, but say the partner is lasting for a really long time. Not an issue, right? Oh, that sounds great. But she feels like that he's like trying to, you know, hold on for as long as he can, but he really wants to come. So how does she communicate that without making him feel insecure? And if he does come too early, then it's, it's just like a very interesting thing because some women don't want to go on for two hours, right? Yeah. Depending. So communicating as it relates to lasting too long or in most cases, not long enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last, it's so funny. I was talking about this yesterday that for women, the goal is to come as quickly as possible. And for dudes, it's like to prolong and come like, it, the longer you can last, the better. <laughs> and that's just strange, like polar opposites that we are on the spectrum as we try to, in a heterosexual sexual encounter, do this thing together where women are like, 
I know a lot of uh, dudes like take a long time to come or like pride themselves on that. And they're like, yeah, like the girl came six times. I'm like, in my mind, I know the truth that she was just <laughs> pretending to come, hoping that this would be the one that would convince no, you like a fucking enough. Like, wrap this shit up. Um, <laughs> the decibels just get louder yeah. and louder. You know, she starts getting crazy. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is it going She's to throwing take? bricks. Yeah. yeah. I know. Um, I would go with like the yuck versus yum. Um, so yuck is the like, you're taking a long time to come. Or yuck is like, you really just don't last that long, do you? The yum is the like, oh, like I really love it when the pussy's so good that like it makes you come quick. Cause you know, I get mine during oral or I get mine in the first 10 minutes. And like, mm-hmm. I love it when like you get as excited as me, like it's really big a turn on or yum. I really love it when we last for as long as possible. Or I love it when you're penetrating me and then you take breaks to finger me, which gives them an out because maybe the reason why they're coming quick is nothing to do with like, I'm choosing this. It's just the way their body functions. And so nice little breaks. Maybe you have a dildo on the side. If you orgasm through penetration, you require prolonged stimulation of like your G-spot area. And yeah, if your partner is a quick comer, maybe you guys have a toy on the side where it's like they can kind of oscillate between the two different things. And so just highlighting what it is that you do like. Porn is also an incredible tool for communicating with your partner because it's a visual thing of like, I watched this video, like really made me think of you. Like, you think we could try this later? Uh, So just, there's so much pride, especially in the sexual area. We want to find... I always say the rule of thumb for talking about sex is that talking about sex should mirror good sex. It should be fun. It should be flirty. It should be hot. It should be empowering and it should be pleasurable for people. If you keep that as your principle, as you try to communicate with people, I think sky is the limit. Although there are limitations because you can't just flat out say like, your dick's kind of small. Like, what can we do to actually stimulate me? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of options do we got? About your tongue game. Yeah. Like, what are I mean, there has to be something, right? Like everyone has like mm-hmm. something that you're just like, huh? Mm. Yeah. So it's like, what about you for porn? Where, where can girls find good porn? Have you guys, do you know Erica Lust? No. no. You should have her as a guest. I would love to. Cool. She's Barcelonian and it's not a thing at all. Wow. <laughs> she said it. She Barcelonian. Yeah. No, she's not here a yeah. lot. But Wait, what do you call Spanish. someone from Bar- Barcelona? Spain. Yeah, thank you. Oh. She's Spanish. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah okay, okay. I told you I'm basic. I was, I was scared. I'm like, right? <laughs> Barcelona. She was a director. She went to film school and was just started doing her stories kind of similar to mine because my foray into sex education as like a profession, I went to journalism school and they said, write what you know. Like if you know politics, write about politics, you know, sports, become a sports reporter. And I'm like, I think I know fucking. And I'm like, I'm writing about sex. And it just wasn't met with enthusiasm by my professors. Um, So she's the same thing. Like she went to film school and she was like, I want to shoot people fucking. And her school system was like, no, this is not, you know, this is not right. It's not what we meant when we said like, create your vision. (laughs) Um, And then she came out of school and she created a short film that was like beautiful, but pornographic. It went viral. And she was like, no, I'm validated. I'm doing this shit. Fuck what you guys think. But she creates like beautiful cinematic. I'm hesitant to call it feminist porn because sometime like my ex and I, I was talking about feminist porn and he Googled it. And the video he showed me was like two people in like latex outfits. It was the weirdest. Unshaved armpits. Yeah, it was just like not appealing at all. And I'm like, ah, like it's just, um, I just want to say it's, 
because uh, feminist porn sounds like it's like in your face. What's yeah. a great way for us to describe porn that is hot as fuck and cool? Female and forward. Sex, female know. forward and Isn't cool. She and just comes, like res- she like respectful in yeah. a like you can do wild shit, but it's still she's in control. Yeah, totally. it's like yeah, it's like she comes first. She's porn. of age. Yeah, and she's in she's <laughs> as you are porn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but she's a really great one. Erica, Erica Lust. Okay, Lust with okay. a K for Erica. But yeah, I highly, highly suggest her stuff. Mm. I actually hosted an event where she did in LA, and it was like maybe a thousand people, and we all she did a screening of like some of her newest porn. And we sat in this room. It's like going to a porn theater, but it was oh. shot so beautifully. And like some cool. of the porn is like, um, there was one, there was like a vampire. And so he came and ate a girl out. That's probably not the right term to use. Kind of lingus. Um, <laughs> I mean, well. while she was on her period, but like heavy period flow. So the blood was all over his face. And like, we're all sitting there watching together. Like this is empowering. <laughs> totally. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, it's really, really cool. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That scene, uh, she has other stuff. Too, so wow. Catch me not watching that yeah. one. It's delicious. Oh my God. Oh my God, dude. That's funny. It was kind of hot though. Like it, it actually was. Respect. Yo, okay. I'm into it. I am into, I'm not necessarily like, actually I do get more horny when I, like I'm on my period, but it's like, I am into a guy that's just like, Let's just, like, I don't care. Totally. I had a guy shame me so hard. And I was like, Justin says, cool. he's like, I'm not in eighth grade. I can wait. <laughs> we, I was like hot and heavy. He's a with good so- communicator. He's, he's the best. Very, he's only locked up to mystery. He's super clear. I like that. I tell you what. <laughs> I wanted to, to get some questions from the group. And Mackenzie, she says, I'd love for her to talk about how us single ladies can explore sexually solo or with more casual partners. And for those of us with a self-consciousness around our sexuality, how do you move past that mental roadblock to get to it? Many questions. Uh, literally. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, I, I think we should focus on like the exploring sexually solo, yes. you know, and what benefits that has yeah. and like how you can kind of get over that mental block of like, oh, is this dirty? Is this like, yeah. uh, you know? It's the best place to start. You know what I mean? Like you have to meet yourself where you are. Like change happens the way that rocks turn to sand. It's like a slow eroding process. It's not like zero to hero. And so if you have shame around sexuality, which is valid, because at the end of the day, we live in a very confusing society that has yeah. a lot of mixed messages. And so first of all, embrace that part about yourself and accept it and be like, why would I not feel shameful? Like based on all that I have been filled up with and the information, the dialogues I've had, I accept this part of myself as valid. So don't feel guilty for the position that you're in. Um, and then just be like, go slow, meet yourself where you are, accept and embrace. This is where I'm at. I still feel shame around orgasm. Okay, cool. How can I take a small step outside of my comfort zone to change that? That might start with just looking, taking a mirror and looking around and touching and seeing what feels good for you. Okay, cool. Day one done, putting it away. Day two, maybe I get the coconut oil out. It's my favorite lube. Um, mm-hmm. It's also great for balancing your pH. So get the coconut oil out and just lube it up. You know what I mean? Like, and you can do it in the, in the realm of sexual health. I'm just putting this on to like balance my pH, but just like play around and feel and okay, like this feels really good, but now I'm starting to feel guilty. I'm going to stop for today. And the next day, maybe you start playing with water. So go slow, go at your pace, try different things out, see where you feel most celebrated. I think a good sexual experience, whether it's with self or someone else, you know, it's a 24 hour period. It's about feeling good about your horniness before loving the actual experience. And then hours later being like, I'm glad I did that. I feel great about myself. My favorite like anecdote for curing shame though, is like 
If God or whoever you believe didn't want you to masturbate, why would they have made your genitals in the most convenient place possible? Like it should have been the middle of my back. If you don't want me to touch that shit, it's right there. You know what I mean? And there's so many health benefits to orgasm. So many. It lowers blood pressure. It um, decreases your chance of getting heart disease. It makes you look younger for longer. Um, It increases your cardiovascular output. It increases your immune system. And so if it was a bad thing, why are there so many incredible benefits to it? So owning your right for this to be like, nah, like this is what my divine right is. Mm -hmm. The government and your body commands you to masturbate. That's right, bitch. That's right. Megan asks uh, about dating multiple people and having multiple sexual partners at one time. So, yes, Megan. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's not actually a question about it, but just just discussing it. (laughs) But like, but I'm curious, like how, because I think there's a little bit of, for at least my experience, it's like, I feel a little like, I don't want one to find out, but like, how do you kind of like confidently navigate that? And do you have to tell the other people? Like, what would be your advice there? There's this book that's called The Art of Seduction. Have you guys read? Are you Robert Greene fans? Who? No. No, he's like the 48 Laws of Power. I was going to lie, but I like, <laughs> He's all of those like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he has a book called The Art of Seduction. And there's nine different ways someone can be a seducer. And so in that realm, for example, where it's like I have multiple partners and I play around, like there's a, a type called the rake. And the rake is like, they're the Casanova. It's the Rihanna. Like they have this reputation and like that actually makes them more seductive. The mm. fact that they like are known to get around and like they don't give a fuck and like it's a part of what makes them hot and people want to experience that. It's not actually a turnoff at all. And so you can really lean into that if you wanted to, if that's a part of you know who you truly are. Be like, yeah, yeah like this is what I get into. Like, are you down or not? And you'll be surprised how many people say yeah. That. And the ones who say nah, like be grateful because you stop yourself from wasting time. On the flip side, I do think that communication isn't, we have to be honest with people, especially when we're having multiple sexual partners. Cause if I'm engaging with you in that way, I want you to be clear of like all the risks that could possibly happen. But I mean, beyond that, you, you don't have to say more than what you want to. Like even in regards, like, you know, sexual partners, people are like, you know, I'm really afraid about telling my partner how many partners I've had sex with. There's no Google searchable way to like verify that number. <laughs> Make it what you want it to be. You know what so I mean? Like true. the important yeah. thing is like, have I had sex with anybody who you know that could cause potential conflict down the line? That's so important to divulge. Um, and am I, have I gotten tested? Can I ensure that like, I'm not going to put your health at risk? Like those are the two questions that matter. And that's at the forefront when you're telling people about your sex lives in any capacity. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. That being said, what's your guy's number? Oh, 15,000. <laughs> I don't know Justin's and he doesn't know mine. Yeah, you guys never talk about it? Uh, no, we haven't. He'll be like, it's four. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's four. I'm like, okay. And then we're just like, bye. I don't care. Like, yeah, whatever. Uh, for threesomes, what I feel like more people are kind of talking about it. More people are exploring, exploring it. How could someone do it safely? You know who's really great? I'm going to pass this question off to another podcast. Mm. Wheezy from Horrible yeah, Decisions. Yeah, true. Like she's, she's they have a whole episode on that. Queen of the threesomes. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. We're talking about a podcast called Horrible Decisions that I really like and that Shan is is cool with. Uh, one of the hosts, her name's Wheezy and Wheezy and Mandy. And they actually have a full episode on threesomes. Mm-hmm. How to facilitate them, how to do them, how 
you know, they normally go, where you can find someone and everything like that. And I think on apps, a lot of times too, you can go on as a couple and search for people and vet people in that way. So I think that was one of the things that she does. But then once you kind of get in the mix and and like the flow of it, it seems like it's pretty easy. Uh, Yeah. I guess my question would be like, if you've experienced like, it sounds like it could be fun like every once in a while, but what if the partner... Is like, I oh, I want this more often. Too big of a risk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a quiz. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I love this quiz I have thing. a quiz called the commitment quiz. Oh, cool. Where it's a way of assessing like what relationship structure would suit you currently. And I love that because it depersonalizes it. Because yeah. oftentimes when we're in connection with somebody, for example, who wants threesomes all the time, if we didn't know that from the jump, we can perceive that as like, I'm not enough. And that's what causes a lot of the conflict. Or also too, like maybe we never had the conversation of being clear on what our different relationship structure needs. And so my quiz has results that go from casual dating, meaning that I don't want any connection or attachment. I don't want any responsibility to uh, modern monogamy, traditional monogamy, all the way up to polyamory. There's like nine different results that you could possibly get. So I would suggest doing something like that just to know what your partner's preferred way of connecting is. Yeah. If they get swinging, they're probably somebody who threesomes are a massive part of their sexual orientation right. and how they enjoy pleasure. If you get traditional monogamy, you're probably not compatible in this particular way. Um, <laughs> so I would just say like, yeah, like have the conversation with your partner about, because sometimes what it is too, is not a matter of this is just something that they like. It could be a legitimate part of their sexual arousal cycle. Yeah. Like just like feet are for people. Like it, it's not a choice. Yeah. Like a foot <laughs> is genuinely a massive part of their sexual arousal process. And so for I wonder some how that people, happens biologically. Yeah. I you guess. Know what I mean, I get it like boobs. I'm like, I understand boobs. The mom. Right. Nurturing. But just kind of like with food, like there's some people who yeah. are into really weird tasting foods. We're like, how did your taste buds do that? You know, because <laughs> most of us just like donuts and pizza, mm-hmm. like we're pretty basic. And so mm-hmm. count yourself lucky if your sexual desires um, exist in the realm of what's normal and accessible. Like yeah. we're very fortunate in that way, um, if that's what it is. But for a lot of people, what turns them on, it's no different. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. I feel that. Sometimes it's illegal. Um, yes, sometimes <laughs> it is illegal. <laughs> For polyamory, there's been we've we've talked about this before because there's like a prominent figure in the wellness space that is uh, publicly polyamorous, Ooh. Aubrey Marcus, mm-hmm. and it's just been really interesting and and thought provoking, you know, to kind of follow that, and it's really made me rethink not how I, I operate in my current relationship, but the whole process and um, the expansiveness of love and how that could work. But I know they also work through a lot of challenges too, which they very openly talk about. What are your thoughts on on that? And if someone wanted to, like, what would you say to someone if they wanted to to step into that space? Yeah, yeah you got to put the work in. I mean, the thing about it is going back to like, if you're naturally in line with what society promotes and accepts, right? So if you're into monogamy, you've gotten, you know, billions of hours of examples to pull from movies and TV shows and perhaps like your parents and your friends. And so you're as by osmosis learning about the structure of monogamy constantly without even having to make an effort. So if you want to get into polyamory, like you got to do the work yourself. You have to start mm-hmm. seeking out materials and guides and movies and reading and really putting the work in because this is brand new and there's not a lot of information out there. I watched um, the Wonder Woman movie, the Marston and the Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. 
Yes. It was like a movie in theaters. I bawled my eyes out watching it really? because it was about this polyamorous couple and they were represented in a really positive way. And like, um, I'm on the spectrum of yeah. openness and polyamory. And um, that's like an evolving conversation with me and my husband now. But yeah. that to see it depicted in a really positive way and a movie about that was just really, really beautiful because I've never seen that before. So seeking out, you know, things like that, that just opened up your mind and also people who were talking about the, the issues with it. Because again, same with monogamy. Monogamy is not perfect either. And we've got a million movies that describe that, you know, and yeah. show the, the breakdown of the dynamic that happens. And so when it happens to you, you can be like, what did Jennifer Aniston do in this movie? Like you've got somewhere yeah. to pull from some zeitgeist of information. And so you have to kind of create that library for yourself. Wow. Yeah, they had mm. Red Table Talk. Uh, Jada had multiple partners. It's like, can multiple partners work on this most recent season of Red Table Talk? And they showed them in a really beautiful light. It was awesome. Yes, they're so good. Dude, mm. doing God's work, honestly. I know. Can't I wait to see you on- I wonder if she gets to be fully time. honest. Because you know, I, I, like she's like, I had one threesome when I was in my 20s. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> just dipping the toes. Just, yeah. <laughs> not since then. No, nothing. You know, I just, that's also a part of like the yeah. work of a pioneer. You know, you don't get to, like even for me watching horrible decisions, like as a sex educator, I'm pretty vanilla. Um, but I see Feel people you. like Thongria and um, even like Carly Slut Ever and Horrible Decisions. Damn. And they are like, like Carly Slut Ever did a full ass porn on Netflix. You know what I mean? She did, she had simulated sex on Netflix and her boobs were out and like, she's doing the work in a different way. And so I look at it like I've been in this field for 13 years though. So as a byproduct of that, I'm probably a lot more repressed than yeah. some people who are just starting into it. And mm. when I see those people, I'm like, I'm so proud. I'm proud totally. to be a part yeah. of maybe paving the way a little bit. Totally. Yeah. How do you feel about that? You know, being a vanilla, as you say, in this space, like sometimes do you feel, does it make you feel insecure? Like, does it make you feel like you should be different? Like, how has that made you examine your shame? I mean, it's like necessary because like I fashion myself as the Walmart greeter. And that means I'm at the front of the store getting the average person from Kentucky to Good be like, one. come on in. Like I'm not an aisle 10 in butt plugs where it's like intimidating <laughs> for that person. And like, this is my niche, you know? And that's not the entry point for a lot of people. And so I'm constantly searching for the entry point. I just, I have said to myself from the beginning, when I started at 19 years old, how do I make this information accessible to the average person? How do I make this information interesting? That's been my mission. Some people like they're in aisle 10. They're like, I'm doing Tantra sex. I am doing BDSM. I'm talking about polyamory. And like, I love that you're in that space. And I hope that you see the work that I'm doing as a partnership to what you're doing because I'm not an expert. Like I did this show uh, last year and they kept asking me like, well, what workshops do you teach? Are you like, are you a foot fetish expert? Do you do like Yona Puji? Like what's your, I'm like, I don't have one. I just talk about intimacy and I pass the ball off. Like if you came to me and you're like, I want to talk about trauma. I might have an entry point conversation, be like, you know who you really should talk to though? You brought up threesomes. I'm like, you know who you should really talk yeah. to? Like I, I am the person who I want to get the average individual. I want to Love be that. on TV at 11 a.m. Um, as well as 11 p.m. And so there's just some sacrifices I have to make as a result of that. Mm. Love that. Yeah, I feel that. It's so interesting too. Like as a last point, you know, it was really cool to see the um, evolution of your relationship, you know, from being open. And I remember I watched so much of what you said and talked about, and it was, it was almost hard because it felt like you had to defend yourself so much. Oh my much. gosh, it's crazy. It was like yeah. heartbreaking, you know, yeah. like 
but it's changed so much. And even the span of time that it's happened, like the craziest thing, there was this tweet this girl put out where she was like, y'all just be out here fucking two people. Like you're the, you're doing the devil's work. And then this guy responded back. And there was this like black guy who was like topless and just really not in my, like, I don't really attract men for some reason in terms of like my work. Yeah. But he was like, actually it's called polyamory. And it's a valid form of making connections. You should take Shambuti's commitment quiz. It can really open your eyes. Oh. Just to know that like we're changing the dialogue yeah. and like there's this meme. I am famous for this meme that came out about me. I should show you guys. Uh, but basically it like insinuates that I got an STD for my open relationship, which is not true. But it's been shared more than any other piece of work I've ever done in my life. Uh, and the bullying I received as a result of this meme. But now like that meme was reshared recently on a popular page and people keep tagging me in it. But the comments are like, you're a dumb motherfucker. Like she's doing the work to like destigmatize and you guys are working backwards and like wow. just the like her open relationship and now they're married. They have a great partnership. Their communication is awesome. You should watch her videos before you judge. Oh. And so I'm like watching a community of people who get it and who want to champion the fact that like there's no one size fits all way to love. Um, and so I've seen the change happen since I started the conversation. And I, I, again, like to the point of the person that you just mentioned, like they are doing the work on the front lines for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was so cool to see and then to see your marriage and you guys choose to get married and, you know, the whole process of your engagement and, and your dress for your, you know, it was just really beautiful to see. And, it's so funny because you're just living your life and you're just doing your thing and you're being you, but you don't realize that people are watching and really taking Oh, we know. We do it for a living. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, mean but like, like really thinking about what, you know, like examining it and being like, wow, this makes me think about this. Yeah, mm -hmm. I hope they are. Yeah. I really yeah. do. You know it's I mean? so good. We're all, listen, we're going to have a moment. What if we were just like- <laughs> <laughs> pulling right you now. in. Uh, <laughs> <a test>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bedrooms in the other room. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Know, honestly. <laughs> now we're all naked, everybody. <laughs> what, um, my last question for me, what have you learned since getting married or what have you, what is different? Nothing is different. That's the best news cool. possible. I said yes to this person because I'm like, I like what we have. Let's keep this going. Let's see how far we can take this. And like, let's put this, our, I mean, marriage to me, I talk about this a lot. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm not religious. My parents never pushed me. Um, there's no real reason for me to care about marriage. And I have my green card on my own merit. Didn't need an American to stay in the country. So <laughs> you're Canadian, right? I'm Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I didn't need to get married. Uh, it was just a way to communicate to other people how awesome our connection was. And so our connection is the exact same, but now I have a word that helps everyone else understand how I feel about my partner. So my feelings haven't changed, but the way people perceive our feelings have changed. And so I guess that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like everyone's like that. It's like, they don't believe, you know, when I say boyfriend, it seems not enough. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, I'm like, boyfriend. And 13 year olds have boyfriends, you know? Like. I had to honestly have a really like, my engagement um, wasn't like a like, I can't believe this happened. Like I had to <laughs> sit down with my partner and have a real discussion to be like, imagine as a dude, like, you know, my, my partner has a dream car. You know, he's been dreaming about this car since he was fucking seven when he got his power wheels or whatever. Like, uh, and the mark of success for you is a car. When you get this car, you know, you've made it. And imagine you've gotten to a place where you have the money and you have the success, but you're still driving around in a Corolla. 
It's a car and it works and it's great and you love your car and you have great success and you don't need a car to show off your success. But every time you pull up to an event in that Corolla, people are like, oh, I guess they're not doing that well. So I'm like, that's what marriage is for women. Like we're just so much pressure. And like, since we were kid, we've been forced this dream down our throats. And then you get to a place when you're in your dream relationship and you found your person, you're still driving around in a Corolla and you're like, bro, like help me. You know what I mean? Like this is, I get it from a man's perspective. Like there's not the pressure. He doesn't have the pressure amongst friends or groups or amongst his peer space. And so he doesn't feel it in the same way. And so we had to have a talk like that. And six months later, got a ring. <laughs> I really like how you use his language. Like you kind of think about what you're going to say in a way that you can use language to communicate it so he would understand. Yeah. Communication like ex- has nothing to do with what you want to say. Yeah. Those examples are really, that's mm-hmm. a really good idea and a really thoughtful piece for a lot of the women listening and myself included to think about uh, what you want to say in a way in which he would fully understand. So car examples, sports <laughs> examples. It's pretty simple. <laughs> if they're that kind of person. If they're that kind of person, yeah. whatever it is, whatever their like type of language is to put it in that way. That's yeah. good. I always say communication is a little bit to do with what you want to say. It's mostly about what you want to accomplish. You know, you give the example of like with a kid, right? You wouldn't be like, go upstairs and get the controller or whatever you want. You'd be like, you've grown a bit. I want to see how fast you are. I'm going to time you. Can you run upstairs and get the controller and see if you can get back in 20 seconds? The same thing gets accomplished, but like both people now feel good about the exchange. Totally. And like, I think a lot of my relationship is like, let me see how much faster you've gotten. Oh honey, my God, that's <laughs> literally my life. Yeah. But I think about it, I'm like treating him like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> what was I, what did I want him to do today? And I was like, how can I strategically say this? I had to think about that all day. Oh, I wanted the cleaner to come. And he's not feeling well. And I was like, what could I say? It's like, do you want to feel good today? Like with the house and, you know, just being around, like, do you want to feel more comfortable? <laughs> That's clear. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Do you like, want to feel better today? Yeah, <laughs> honestly. He's like, I'm shitting my brains out. Yeah, yeah I do. He's like, I'm sick. Exactly. Out. You're like, Here's. like, I've got a plan. <laughs> I love that. If we treated more people like kids, it would be better. <laughs> I honestly, you know, like even in terms of like when a kid's acting like an asshole, what do we do? We troubleshoot for them. We're like, they're probably tired. They probably haven't had, you know, some meal in a while. Like, but when our partners act like an asshole, we're like, you're a terrible person. Your mom didn't raise you well. You just like don't. And even I was saying, I had to say this to my partner manually of like, Sometimes when I'm having my off days, I literally need to be held like a kid. Mm. And I know I'm tantruming mm. and everything else, but like when a kid is doing that, like you pull them in and you just give them like yeah. affirmation that it's okay. Yeah. But adults were like, you're acting weird. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just feel like if we did more of that, like how would I treat a child right now? Well, I it's also that. to not taking anything personally. Mm-hmm. With a kid, you're not taking it personally. You're like, oh, they're probably tired. They're probably angry, whatever. And with the holding, it's like, oh, I know it's not about me. I know it's about whatever she's going through. So I'm going to hold her. But I think a lot of times too, you're pushing them away. You're like, oh, they whatever. Cause you're kind of taking it personally. You're like, how is this affecting me? You know? Hey guys. Completely. You should write the next book. Yeah, that was bomb. Right, where can <laughs> we tell our lovely family to get Get the book coming out July 23rd. The Game of Desire. It is available all places. Um, When does this podcast come out? The day after it comes out. So yesterday. So the 23rd, it comes out in July. And this is coming out the 24th. Okay. Well, yes, please, please, please. I dream, I dream, I dream. You go go get the book. And if you do uh, submit your proof of purchase to thegameofdesire.com slash let's go. And I have a bunch of other like cool goodies for you as well. Oh, good. Uh, And those quizzes. We didn't talk about the pickup artist. 
I know. I mean, this is always room to come back. I know again. you're going to. Yeah. I'm going to be at your at retreat. retreat, baby. Yeah. We cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Can't wait. All right, guys. So excited. I'm so glad you were here. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Where can they connect with you on socials? Shambooty. Booty with a D. On uh, YouTube, is it Shambooty too? Exactly. Okay, perfect. YouTube is so good. And so I love the last thing. I love the, the couples when you go, when you hang out with like other couples. Your dinners. Yes. Uh, bring those back. I got to bring mm-hmm. that. Let's do one. Okay. Will you? I'm, Yo! Will you? <laughs> yes. Will you? Yes, I will. Okay, uh, a is, zillion. This is a commitment. This is my one thing. Okay. <laughs> this is my one of yeah. two things. <laughs> this might be count for two, but I got it. <laughs> this will count for a year. Yo, 100. Well, we have to tell Justin it's okay for him to talk. Because he'll be like, if we like say anything, he'll be like, Scared. And we can't tell Justin there are cameras there until he gets there. I know. Surprise. <laughs> Jared will be so good with that. Like, oh, my, he's, yeah. He's Jared's really cool good. and yeah. Yeah. Oh, pumped. Okay. <laughs> Great. All right, guys. <laughs> stay tuned. We Bye. love you so much. Love you. Bye. What you think about that? Wow. <laughs> I love some good sex talk. Me too. I love actually talking to people like Shan who just, she does not blink. No, when she's talking about it. Do you know what I'm saying? She's a baller. Mm-hmm. It's just like very confident. And like, I want to mm-hmm. be able to like talk about things like that and otherwise that maybe are a little bit taboo or shameful and just like not even blank an eye. I know. I it, it almost takes me off guard. I'm, I have to wonder what we're talking about. You know, I'm like, oh, oh, butt plugs. We're not giggling. <laughs> you know, honestly, <laughs> I'm 10 years old. <laughs> Justin, again, has been sick all week with like, Montezuma and I've been laughing about it all week. I He's mean. like, I'm in pain. I'm like, you're pooping. <laughs> and it's so funny. He's like, honestly, that's so rude. I'm like, it's so funny. Poop is so funny. <laughs> you're 10. 10 years old. He's like, this is not part of being a nice girlfriend. Making what if you me. were sh- what if you were shitting your brains out and he was laughing at you? Do you know? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. You'd be so pissed. Uh, <laughs> It's so funny. Why is it so funny? Because it's like a... <laughs> for me, it's funny because like dudes stand up and go to the bathroom most of the time. So that he, he like their little butts just being on the toilet yes. and just like uncontrolled. <laughs> the other day, he's, oh. guys don't tell him I said this. He's like, my legs fell asleep. <laughs> on the toilet? On the toilet. Oh. He's like, I need help getting up. My legs fell asleep. <laughs> Do you need to be wiped too? Honestly. Oh. That'll be the day when I have to like wipe someone's butt. That's love. That is love. That's why you want, I mean, with my parents being divorced, I'm like, you guys need to get remarried so someone could take care of you. Truly. Honestly. Wow. My new dad's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's good at wiping butts. All right. Review of the week. We really, really appreciate all of your loving reviews. Um, it means a lot to us. This is from Al Pal, your gal. That's really cute. Uh, she says, my girls, five stars. I love you guys. You're always there to support whatever my mood, whatever mood I'm in. You have guided me through my ups and downs and I appreciate all that you are and all that you share with the world. You both inspire me and remind me of my purpose on this earth. Thank you for that. Thank you, Al. Uh, so sweet. Sometimes uh, I'm like, oh, do people think we read these and just like, you know, I just yeah. like, whatever. I don't even want that thought to come in, but I just- It's just so thoughtful. Gratitude. People, gra- so much gratitude. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, a way to bring you guys in. You know, the, the people that write those always message us and they're so grateful and hey. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thank positivity. You. Positivity. What's wrong with sharing a nice thing? 
not in this world is it wrong to me. So peace and love, your podcast pro course, peace, class, workshop, love. August, Nicole Appen event in LA that was new, added. So check that out. Nashville, we have two events. Columbus is pretty much sold out. DC, Chicago will sell out. So make sure to get your tickets. Can't wait to see you guys this fall. There's more things happening. Yeah, so much Just happening. Just check our website, almost30podcast.com slash events. Come alone. Don't feel afraid. And then almost30podcast on Instagram. I'm 100blog on Instagram and she's Lindsay Simsick. We can't wait to see you next time. Love ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.